Hello everyone, good to see you. My name is Anke Mulman and our website is cwowi.eu, Church Without Walls International. And we are living in Europe, in the Netherlands. If you want to know more about House Church, because that's who we are and that's how we minister, we minister in homes, in house churches. And uh, yeah, go to our website, go to another website, cwowi.org, and you will find a lot of information. But today I want to talk to you about trust, about integrity, about being qualified, disqualified. When you have seen my previous video, you know that I talked about, um, are you qualified or are you disqualified? And, um, and then I mentioned that Paul was very... Um, um, and looking to his own life and made sure that he was qualified and he did not become disqualified, meaning the Lord could, could not use him in ministry, ministering to others. And there's a saying that trust is the currency of ministry. So when people trust you, you can give out and they can receive from you. It's giving and receiving by trust. And when trust has gone, it's very hard for a person to receive from you. And when you are a Christian, I suppose you are, and you love the Lord and you want other people to know the Lord too, it's very important that they can trust you so that you can minister to them and help them. That if they need help, they know where to go. Because they say, you know what, that person is integer, has integrity, she's always faithful, I can count on her. When she promises something, she does it or he does it, so I'll go to her. So your life is very important. But trust is built one block at a time, but when it is violated, the entire wall comes crumbling down. Some people say broken trust is like a broken mirror. You can never get all the pieces back. Trust takes years to build and seconds to break and forever to repair. And to be trusted, George MacDonald mentioned this, to be trusted is a greater compliment than to be loved. Wow, that is a big thing, right? When I mention something about that we are a letter of Christ, that's what Paul says to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. He says, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you, you are an epistle of Christ. What does it mean, read by all men? When you look up the word, it means they know exactly who you are. They recognize who you are. They knew you over and over again. So it has to do with being in, in, in relationship with others. That's why I love house church so much, because you are in relationship with, with others. You are in their home. They, in their homes, they are in your home. You, we stay over with people. They come to our home and they get to know you. They know exactly. So you are an epistle read and known by others. So it's very important how we behave. If we want other people to know the Lord and to follow us, Paul sometimes says, follow me. As I follow Christ, wow, that is quite something to say, right? Follow me as I follow Christ. Well, maybe you think, okay, but that is very hard. I feel like I can never be qualified. I can never be good enough to be used by the Lord. Well, reflect on Paul's words to the Corinthians. In his first chapter, verse 26, he says, Remember, brothers and sisters, few of you were wise in the world's eyes. You were not powerful or wealthy when God chose you instead. God chose the things the world considers foolish, things that are powerless, things despised by the world, things counted as nothing. And he used them to bring to nothing what the world considers powerful. And as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. 
God has only called one perfect person, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows who we are, and he starts with us right where we are. Moses, for instance, was a murderer, but he became the deliverer. Peter denied the Lord, but he became an apostle, and he wrote a letter that a part of the word of God. Saul, he was a terrorist, but he became the apostle of grace. And he even says to the Corinthians, I am the least of the apostle. Not be uh, not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And to the Ephesians, he even said, I am less than the least of all saints. I am less than the least of all saints. Did it hold him back? No, but he, he, did, he, he just never forgot where he came from. But he recognized the grace of God on his life. And he recognized and he knew that God had not called him because he had been perfect. He knew he was forgiven, but in, in, he used him in spite of who he was in the past. And he even says to the Philippians, not that I have already attained it of, or am already perfected, but I press on. And I think that should be our attitude too. We are not perfect yet, but we press on. There is more to grow and there are people to reach for Christ. All of us are work in progress. progress. It's not where we have been that matters. It's where we are headed now that counts. So your past is not an excuse to keep you from the future God has for you. Peter tells us how to grow in our faith. And maybe you want to grow in your faith too. In 1 Peter, first chapter, verse 5 till 8, he says, Give all diligence, so do your uttermost best, to add to, to your faith virtue, which means moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, which is actually consistency, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly love, the acapella of. He says, if those things are yours and if they abound, you will never be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord. So it's very important how our lives are. We have to be consistent, uh, consistent. and consistency is something to do, to do about integrity. So I want to talk to you also about integrity. Some definitions. It is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles that you refuse to change. To have integrity means a person is accountable, responsible, truthful, morals or principles. He has uh, morals and principles and he follows them consistently, meaning not one day I follow that principle, but tomorrow when it is hard or when people watch me or whatever with the consequences, I do not know. He is consistent. Billy Graham says integrity means that if our private life was suddenly exposed, we'd have no reason to be ashamed or embarrassed. It, it means that our outward life is consistent with our inner convictions. Something for us to just check your own life, right? And if you think, okay, I'm not like that, there is space to grow. Ask the Lord and ask the Father to help you to grow in those things. When you go to the Old Testament, we read about the prophet Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, he says, he reflects on his journey over the decades. And then he says, whose oxen have I stolen? Whom have I oppressed? And Samuel finished his course with clean hands and a clean heart. He had refused to give in to temptations or into the lure of exploiting people or abusing his power. By uh, The word integrity in itself is a very interesting word. It is a mathematical term, integer. I don't know how to pronounce it. But an integer is a whole number, one that is not divided. 
for instance, one and two and three and four are integer, but two and a half is not, or three, three and a quarter is not. So a person with integrity, therefore, is one who is whole, who is not divided. He's living 100% for God. He doesn't tell the truth 90% of the time, or, or he doesn't exaggerate or tell lies the other 8%. And I know we are all uh, growing into this. We are not perfect, yes. Paul talks about his life and his integrity in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says, open your hearts to us. We have wronged or injured or harmed or acted unjustly to no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated or taken advantage of no one. So he was looking back in his life, saying, see how we are. Follow us, follow me, follow us as we follow Christ. And then he says in 2 Corinthians 12, I do not seek yours, but I will gladly spend my time and money and energy and resources and be spent for your souls. Did I take advantage of you? To the Thessalonians, he says, you are witnesses and God also how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. Does it only go for ministers to the gospel? He said, I'm not a minister, I'm just a normal person, so it doesn't go for me. Well, in his letter to Titus, Paul says, Titus chapter 2, slaves, are you a slave? No, you're more than a slave, right? But he even talks about slaves, the least of the least, you could say. Slaves must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in any way. So you do not have to have a high statue or a ministerial position. It's about our character and about our conduct. When you go to the Old Testament, there are many wonderful examples. For instance, Joseph. He's a great example. He was sold by his brothers. He was a slave put in prison. But he deliberately and intentionally maintained his integrity before God. Even when Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph to lie with him, he said, how can I do this great wicked thing and sin against God? So she tried to seduce him many, many times. She didn't give up, but Joseph refused to go to bed with her or even be with her in verse 10. Note that he took his... Uh, he took a wise course. He chose to foreign, uh, he chose not to be alone with Potiphar's wife, not to bring himself into a position that was harmful for him and for her. Okay, so Joseph had made a choice to do the right thing long before the temptation even arose. And when it did, it was not a question of shall I or shall I not. No, he knew what to do. And because of his integrity, Joseph had a favor of God on his life. Another example is Daniel. His whole life reflected godly character. When he was still young, he had strong and godly convictions. He walked in holiness and integrity. And chapter 6, verse 3 and 4 say, says that people were uh, looking at him, watching him, trying to find anything to criticize or condemn him. But they said they couldn't find anything. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So he didn't stumble into integrity. It was deliberate and intentional. You cannot pray, have someone else to pray over you that you will be suddenly a person of integrity. No, it's something you have to devote, devote yourself to. Do it intentionally. So Daniel, the first chapter, verse 8 says, but Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself. I think that's the question. You purpose in your heart that you want to live a life that is holy, uh, that is trustworthy, uh, that you will be qualified. So integrity doesn't happen by accident. Godly character is established 
deliberately and intentionally. Wow. So you are a letter of Christ written by all people. D.L. Moody said, one out of 100 men, one will read the Bible. The other 99 will read the Christians. So the world will form their opinion about Jesus not and the Bible, not so much about our preaching or what we say, but how much how good we and how well we know the scripture and, and, and preach to them. But it's by our ethics, our morals, our conduct. Mahatma Gandhi, he lived, I think he died just shortly after the Second World War. He actually said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike Christ. And he also remarked, if Christians would really live according to the teachings of Christ, teachings of Christ, as found in the Bible, all of India would be Christians today. Wow. Psalm 15 speaks about those who may dwell with the Lord. He who walks uprightly, speaks the truth in his heart, does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor. He honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Wow, and that's a big thing. I see that a lot around me with many Christians, they make a promise, they say something, but then when something else comes up, they just don't keep their word. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. For instance, let's say our neighbor asks us to help him with the move because he's moving to help us move some certain stuff. We say, okay, that's fine. Saturday morning, we will be at your home at 10 o'clock. Or, yeah, something like that. But then, uh, uh, just the day before Saturday, on Friday, someone calls us and says, you know what, I have a birthday party. Do you like to come? And uh, then we'll go somewhere and have a nice lunch together. And he said, oh, that is interesting. Actually, I like that better than helping my neighbor out move to move. But you gave your word and you made a promise. So you say, I'm sorry. And what the right thing is to do is say, I'm sorry, I can't come because I'm going to help my neighbor. So you swear, you swore to your own hurt, but you do not change. That is the question about integrity. If you live a life like that, you are qualified and the Lord can use you in ministering to others and they can receive from you because they trust you. And they, when they see you, they see Christ. He is trustworthy. Whatever he says, he will do and let our lives reflect his life. I hope it has been a blessing. I know it's a lot. And uh, yeah, we can only check our own hearts, right? See you next time. Bye-bye.